LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. I'm your host, Chris Swain, here with Robbie Gallaty, the pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church, founder and president of Replicate Ministries. Today on the podcast, we are back yes. with the Bishop of the Bayou, Brother yes. Tim LaFleur. Uh, he's talked about mentoring emerging leaders. We got into the conversation. We realized we're going to need another podcast. Yeah, similar to needing a bigger boat. We we're like, we need another podcast. This right. isn't gonna. This isn't gonna happen in in one twenty minute podcast. Right. And he's back now, and he's not nervous. You asked him if he was nervous. I said, brother Tim, are you nervous? He said, no. And tell us why you're not nervous. I'm not nervous because I realized that a lot of shenanigans going on <laughs> in this thing. Is that he what it's th- called? He, he was thinking, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to drop truth bomb after truth. I thought bomb, it was discipleship truth. Started but making jokes. Okay, the whole time. well, <laughs> that's pretty much is, what we do. It is sprinkled with some truth. Sprinkled okay, good, so that's good. Cool. You know, I yeah. feel like yeah, it goes down easier. The truth does. Yes, it does. Wait, that does, that sounds very. It does go down easier. I'm not going to. I'm not going to finish season with honey. analogy. Honey's a lot easier to go down with. <laughs> the word true. is meat, milk, bread, and honey. Ooh. Wow, and it goes down a lot smoother when it's honey. Ooh, see, that's why Tim is on the show. We never would have said that. That's the, that's a statement I would not even have thought to say, but as I hear it, I but think But that reminds me of Donut December, wisdom. because you eat donuts, which is bread with milk. That's right. And sometimes it has like a honey type yeah, topic. Yeah, so it's... You know, if you're listening... No meat, no pasta. No meat, yeah. <laughs> The reality is, if you're listening right now, it's Christmas week. Yeah. So we are assuming that you've got some time on your hands. Perhaps yes. you are at your family's house. Perhaps you're at your in-law's house. You're hanging out. You've got multiple hours on your phone. Right. Oh, I mean, with the family. Killing time. Killing time <laughs> right Spending now. time with the family. Waiting to go back home, yeah. And maybe 20 minutes of, of a respite, if you will. Yeah, there you go. Well, you know, so, I found that on the holiday times like that, the first couple of days are amazing. Oh, yeah. But then day three and four, <laughs> it's time to get back home. In the wow. words of the immortal Rod Goodsell, I love you, but I don't love you as much as Jesus loves you. Oh, wow. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. Are you talking about that's your in-laws you there? Okay. That's what you tell <laughs> Okay. Uh, so we had a topic at some point. What was it? Mentoring Emerging Leaders, yes. part two, essentially. And what we do want is give you some practical elements today that you can walk away with. Things that you wouldn't necessarily learn in seminary that you would learn if you are mentoring emerging, or if you're a, a, an intern or someone who's being discipled. So maybe you're pouring into someone. Here are some things we can focus on to help them, to help that individual grow. And I think as you look at these three things, they may sound a little simplistic on the front end, but when you begin to get into them, you realize how critical they are for the spiritual growth and leadership of those you're, you're pouring into. And, and these are essential in. qualities that you want to, or essential characteristics you want to develop in the people you're mentoring. Okay. So, Brother Tim, you start. Tell us. Before Tim starts, let me set this up, because some may not have heard the other podcast. Okay. Uh, Brother Tim invested in Pastor Robbie uh, years ago and is still investing, is still working with and pouring into Pastor Robbie. But as a young minister, as a young new believer, uh, one of the opportunities Pastor had was to go spend time with Tim LaFleur as uh, ignorance on fire, I believe is the word Pastor uses to describe himself at the time. (laughs) That's right. Um, It was a uh, great time. It was was a great time. (laughs) 
<laughs> at the end of the summer, teachable comes, moments everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere. At the end of the summer. And I was trying to be teachable. So. You were teachable, and that's, you still are, Pastor. That's, well, that's what makes you a great man. That's well, thank you. Thank you. Thank so, you. Robbie, and, a, and let me say for the record, it's a joy to work on your staff and by your side. Well, there you go. That's and an I honor. thought that now the student becomes my teacher. Well, it, yeah, well, I don't I know if that's like the I case, but a star the reality is... Are you, are you kind of like Miyagi-esque? Yeah, well... Are you like Mr. Miyagi? <laughs> he was going to Yoda, is, but Yoda doesn't look as good. You know what yeah, I'm saying? I don't uh, think Mr. Miyagi does either. But anyway, <laughs> the cool thing about this is you think of the humility of Tim to sure. leave a ministry, which he spearheaded and led, to come be a part of a team. And I, I mean, I'm the pastor Work here, but... staff that you lead... Yeah, but the reality is... As an individual who trained and invested in you at an early... Yeah, absolutely. I see what you're saying. And the reality is, and Tim will tell you this being on our staff, I'm a leader among equals. These guys are just as gifted, if not more, and hear from the same Holy Spirit and led, uh, same God and led by the same Holy Spirit than I am. So, right. and I'm not the only holy man who hears from God here. So, Tim's a part of a team. What a joy it is to be able to work it's together. Great. So, with, with yes, that backdrop, okay. we want some of that information, some of that practical application for people out there who are listening saying, How do I mentor, lead, disciple, invest in an emerging leader, a young man or woman who I want to equip and train up? to be a disciple of Christ who makes disciples effectively. And so let's just start with the first one. We're going to talk about three. The first one we're going to lean into is servant leadership, a term you may be familiar with, but how does it play out? How do, how, Brother Tim, how do we invest in people and, and what does serv- servant leadership look like as you're mentoring emerging leaders? Jesus said the example when he took a towel and basin and washed the disciples' feet. Mm. And he ended a discourse as he taught them saying, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And so what we want to do is we want to be leaders who are servant leaders, not necessarily bosses or CEOs or that kind of thing. Christian ministry demands that we lead like Jesus led, Mm. and he was a servant leader. That is true. Well, and it's easy for... A person who's leading to say they want the mentees to be servant leaders. But what I learned from you and Glorietta, uh, and even since then, is that not only were you trying to encourage me to be a servant leader, but you were serving as you were leading. Right. So we would have our uh, get together once a week. We, I'd preach on Sunday night. Tim was there. And uh, we had about 130 college, 35, 35 college students that I year. The number. You remember the number? And I definitely, you're going to remember how long I used to preach for. <laughs> oh, definitely. Was it 15 minutes? An hour and 15 minutes. It was about an hour. It was about, okay. One time, maybe an hour and 15. But most times I hit the hour mark pretty consistently. As the Spirit leads, Pastor, as the Spirit leads. Well, and then Tim told me after the first sermon, he's never heard a bad short sermon. So I don't know what that means but <laughs> i've actually heard a bad short sermon but i do prefer the shorter sermons. Okay. <laughs> but the reality is at, at the beginning of our time every we had like we did the whole we, we led the whole camp so we had to set every one of those 135 chairs up hmm. guess who was the chief servant it was tim he was picking hmm. up chairs and setting them up at the end of the time we had to pick all the chairs up guess who was leading tim was leading so what i learned from brother tim years ago is that yes servant leadership is important and that's counterintuitive to the culture today right. because that's not the way people lead most people are like i finally got this leadership position so now i've earned it you do the work and follow me and you see this in a lot of young guys and, and yeah. tim you could probably speak to this i see a lot of young guys they always say listen and I, we know guys like this you put me in that position. You give me that title, and then I'll start leading. 
Yeah, they often say things like, "When I get my church, here's oh, what I'm going to do." Well, yes. the first thing, the, the first thing that's wrong with that is it's not your church, brother. Hello. It's God's church. Come on, man. Okay, okay. Drop so, the hammer. But why would we want to lead in a way that Jesus didn't lead? Mm. Why would we want to be anything but servant leaders? Because we follow his example. Amen. Sure. He's our great example, and we follow him. Here's what I tell people. If you won't do a job without a title, yeah. you're never going to do a job with a title. Hmm. Now, think about that. Yeah. Because everybody good. said, man, give me, give me that title. Listen, if I can get that PhD, if I can get that MDiv, if I can get that senior pastor title, no, no, with all due respect, brother, yeah. if you're not serving the Lord now mm-hmm. without the title, you're never going to serve with that. That's how we find deacons at Long Hollow. When we ordain deacons, it's not, hey, we're going to make you a deacon, go and serve. Right. We find guys who are already serving the mm. Lord here at Long That's Hollow, good. and we give them a title, which many of the guys don't even want the title. Right. We give them a title for the, the reality of what they're already doing sure, anyway. Amen. Well, amen. And, and there was a time in history where you would be given a title, and that title earns some kind of respect. This person is at this station, and so that we, we give them respect. That time in history is gone. This, mm. this current generation yeah. and probably the previous couple generations, yeah. they respect leadership and authenticity yeah. and effective leadership. And, and the title is just there. And so I think it's so uh, true what you guys are saying. It's more about what you're doing. And then, yeah, maybe that title is, is applied. But really, the, the truth is we should be doing what Jesus did and, and modeling and living by example. So Amen. aren't you glad, but just sign up before we move on. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't flaunt around acting flamboyant, arrogant, prideful, innocent? I mean, you got to think about this. He mm-hmm. had every right to. Yeah. <laughs> hey, oh, by the way, oh, by the way, I created you and I created the whole world. They're like, okay, mic drop. We got it. Okay. Like, like he had every right to be prideful and arrogant. Right. But the son of man, as he said, didn't come to serve, but to be served. Although he was in the form of God, did not think equality with God a thing to be grasped, but humbled himself, right. taking on the form of a servant in the likeness of, of human flesh, humbled himself, humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross. Mm. So, so, so listen, when That's you the start exact scripture, I was thinking about past. Okay. Well, Listen, yeah. It's almost as if you've invested in. in I think Robbie we, I think we memorized it together, <laughs> Gloria. But here's the thing: you can't even say that you. I mean, think about this: you can't say I'm a follower of Christ, right. and then live differently than the man you're following. Hmm. Like, how, how, how are you going to say good. I'm following the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, who was a humble servant, but yet I'm prideful and arrogant as a pastor? It, you can't say it, that. It removes that authenticity from your leadership. There's a disconnect. And that's why there's, there's a, a lot of leaders there. right now who are struggling because they have that. That that's their leadership style is uh, that CEO. I'm running a business. I've been effective. Look at what I've accomplished. Now again, they're not maybe saying that in with their words, but maybe in how they act. It's look at what I've done. And the reality is we know that Christ has done it. Jesus didn't call you to be a CEO, called you to be a shepherd. I love it. And shepherds spend time with sheep. It's a long process. Peter tells us opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And as leaders, we need all the grace we can get. That's right. Especially me, a double (laughs) and triple portion. (laughs) Moving on from servant leadership, let's look at the next practical application way this plays out element that you're trying to teach those and invest in emerging leaders. And it's, Practical ministry skills. So what are some of these practical ministry skills, Brother Tim? But before you answer, we need to take a quick break to talk about something really critical. 
What exactly does it mean for God's word to be effective? Christianity Today and the Christian Standard Bible have partnered together to answer that very question in the new Living and Effective podcast. In season one, join the host, Richard Clark, as he looks for the hidden history of the Bible wrestles with tough questions, and explores what the future holds for the church. Listen and subscribe to Living and Effective wherever you get your podcasts. Living and Effective was created in partnership with the Christian Standard Bible, a Bible translation that is accurate to the original language, readable for all reading levels, and meant to be shared with others. And now we're back with Brother Tim to talk about practical ministry skills. Brother Tim, what are these practical ministry skills, and how should we be investing and emerging leaders to help them see and understand these things? You know, there's so many things that you don't learn in seminary. Uh, Working with a lot of guys who are emerging leaders, uh, they've gone to seminary. Maybe they're even in seminary. Right. But uh, they miss out on the practical ministry skills that are a part of everyday ministry. Um, Robbie mentioned a while ago, putting out chairs, picking up tables, uh, think about things like baptism. You don't learn how to baptize in seminary. The right. Lord's Supper, hmm. uh, counseling, biblical counseling. You don't so when you say you don't things. learn about the Lord's Supper, you're not saying they're not learning what the Lord's Supper is. You're saying they they're don't learning specifically theology. know how do I get these things together? How do I get the deacons to put the, the juice and the bread and all? You know, <laughs> Literally, how do I do this? Yeah. And how I know I, biblically what it I, is, but how do I do it? How do I officiate it? Yeah. Right. Uh, you think because you've seen it a hundred times, you know what mm. to do. But it's assumed you really don't know what to do. That's right. Yeah, and and so well, let's take it even more basic. Uh, how do you serve and love your wife? Uh, how do you disciple your kids? Uh, how do you spend, how do you have a quiet time? These are basic ministry skills that every Christian, forget the fact that you're a ministry leader or emerging leader. This is basic skills. Every Christian needs to know, Mm. and they don't know. Right. How many, how many, how many people in your church know how to have a time with the Lord where you hear the voice of God and you leave refreshed and encouraged because you've spent time with God? Yeah. I don't know. A lot of people know how to do that. They know how to read the Bible and check a box. Well, and the church has essentially trained people, hey, drop them off and let us take care of it. Yeah. And we, we train people in that way. We're going to make it so easy for you. All you, get, all you have to do is show up. Two hours a week. Come on Sunday morning, come to Sunday school and live like you want for the rest of the week. Probably some of the <laughs> most meaningful times that I've had with college students through years of college ministry has been to sit down with them and model for them how I do my quiet time. Wow. Spending time in prayer, mm-hmm. spending time in the word, journaling. Hear journal, yeah. How often have journals. we spent time with our D groups, week in and week out, just teaching them how to do hear journals? Okay, right. that's close, but I would tweak this, sure. or here's what I would say. Yes. Here's how you well, hear from and, God. And the reality is, no matter how many times, everyone in this room has been leading discipleship groups now for at least a couple of years. <laughs> Some yeah. of you for decades. A couple of years, yeah. Uh, decades, right. <laughs> so the reality is, we all teach them, hey, here's how you do it. We say it. But it takes a few weeks, maybe a few months before you start seeing that they've caught it Mm. and they're able to apply it. And that's just one of the key elements of investing in discipling, them watching and experiencing what's happening versus hearing you tell them what's happening. More caught than taught. Yeah, you've heard that. So we have these practical ministry skills. We have the servant leadership. We we cover those. And and the final one that we're going to look at today is teachable moments. Teachable moments. Chris, I think this is a biggie. 
And uh, mm. when you spend time around people, mm-hmm. it requires that you spend time around them. Uh, you'll hear conversation. You'll uh, kind of hang out and, and things will come up. And you're listening to what they say, but you're also listening to what they don't say. Mm. Uh, you can prime the pump by yeah. asking questions uh, at times. Sure. Um, for example, a, a question I would ask often would be uh, with different college students and, and different people that I've mentored and discipled, uh, is God more concerned about the workman or the work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that would get them thinking, well, of course God's concerned about his work. Yeah. Well, God's concerned about the workman, too. I, I really don't know. I'm going to have to think about this for right. a while. <laughs> yeah. And so you take the opportunity um, to share a word fitly spoken. Mm. Uh, the writer of Proverbs says the word fitly spoken is as apples of gold in the setting of silver. Mm-hmm. And so it's so relevant when you take advantage of those open windows, those open opportunities to share that word fitly spoken. Well, and something you do a lot, and you've always done this, is when I would ask you a question, you would respond (laughs) a very rabbinic way of responding with a question. (laughs) But your question was, what do you think? Right? And I've learned that in pastoral ministry. Everybody can learn from this. When somebody says, what do you think about speaking in tongues? What do you think about Calvinism? What do you think about losing your salvation? All easy questions, obviously, right? That's a great right. question, Pastor. What do you That's think? exactly right. He's already on it. See? So he says, that's a great question. What do you think? Okay. And that gets people to think. That also helps you as a pastor from right. falling into right. a trap to say, this is what I think. What do you think? Right? But the reality is uh, you can gauge where people are in sure. the qu- answering the question with a question. I'll give you a perfect example of a teachable moment. It's not just, again, with mentoring leaders. It's with you being a disciple maker, even in your home. Yes. Okay? Yeah. Give you a perfect example. We had a fiasco at the farm uh, a couple weeks ago. Right. And I told you about this, Chris. We had a fiasco where uh, our animals got loose. I just like the title, Fiasco at the Farm. (laughs) No, it wasn't what the story is. No, it wasn't. (laughs) Even though I know the story is also interesting. (laughs) It was a fiasco. Some kind of way, Chris. You know, people might not know this. I have that a. It never happened to you, Pat. It never happens. It always never all this. At your this always happens to me. That's the problem. So uh, people saying, "I thought you were from New Orleans. What are you doing with a farm?" The reality is, we bought some land. Uh, I say it's a farm. We've got about four acres fenced in. And we've got some animals. It just basically keeps me from cutting the grass. Chris is right. what it does. Didn't your granddad have some kind of? My farm? granddad actually had a farm. Wow. I figured this out. Uh, he didn't have it when I was alive, but he had right. it years ago. So it's in my blood. But the reality is, I don't. But the reality is, I don't know how to run a farm. So people say, let me get this straight. Your dad didn't have a farm. You weren't raised on a farm. Do you know anything about farming? I said, no. They said, why do you have a, how do you have a farm? I said, I got on YouTube. I mean, you can learn a lot on YouTube, right? right. So I learned everything on YouTube. I got a farm. I've got uh, 11 animals, okay? I've got goats and sheep. I've got a donkey, and I've got 100-pound Great Pyrenees, okay? Some kind of way, uh, the Fridays, a couple, couple, couple Fridays ago, the animals got out, and it was, like, it was like a nightmare. I walked outside after Candy yelled, get out here, and all the animals were in the front yard, Chris. Oh, I had a donkey God. in my driveway. So they okay. were out of wow. the pen. Out of the pen, out of the out of the the gated the fence in area, and oh they were just gosh. wandering loose, wandering loose. your and everyone else's property. Oh yeah, and I'm, <laughs> I'm just thinking this is going to be great. Local pastor front page, right? Animals get loose, running rap, you know, running frolicking through the neighborhood. But anyway, <laughs> so I finally got him back in the gate. Long story short, okay, it took a lot of coaxing and tr- you know treats and getting him in, and I closed the gate and realized the hundred pound Great Pyrenees was gone. Okay, and I'm and I'm starting to freak out because now I'm looking at this hundred pound dog, no tags, past 
master's pet running free in the neighborhood, right? I hate when that happens. <laughs> Golly, I mean, it's a nightmare. So the boys and I, we start looking around town. We, we, we drive around in my truck. We're looking down the streets. I'm calling people. I'm posting on Facebook. The boys are crying. Okay, they're in the back seat. Daddy, he was a good dog. (laughs) They've already written him off. Yeah, oh yeah, already written out. He's gone an hour. You know, Riggs like, Daddy, we give to the Lord and He's punishing us. Why? And I had to stop. Okay, so here's the teachable moment. That is bad theology, son. Okay, so I had I had that teachable moment out of nowhere, but I was looking for it. I said, son, and I had, I had this opportunity in the midst of tears. Son, here's the reality. Now, were these tears? Here's yours. No, they were his tears. Okay, they're his tears. <laughs> but Did but you I got, tell him the rain falls on the righteous. That's exactly right. Brother, you read my mind. You read my mind. Okay, here's a point. Because I was memorizing the Sermon on the Mount, right? Okay, because I had it in my memory, we were just finishing memorizing the point. For God causes the sun to rise on the good and the evil. He causes the rain to fall on the righteous and the unrighteous. Mm. And I got to share with him how, you know, sometimes bad things happen to good people or Christian people. Right. And it doesn't mean God's punishing us. It doesn't mean he's mad with us. That's the reality. It doesn't mean that bad things are going to happen or not happen to us, Rig. It's how we react to those things. Mm. You can respond. I mean, you can react or you can respond. And so the natural response for people who don't know the Lord without hope is to get mad. And But for us as Christians, our response is to trust God and pray. So I got, here's a perfect example. I was looking, even in my family, for these teachable moments that, mm-hmm. th- that are everywhere. Yeah. And Tim said he had they a lot are. with me, obviously, years ago, uh, more so than now. But, right. <laughs> but they're everywhere. And as a disciple maker, it's our job to look for these teachable moments. Yes. Well, that's good. I appreciate your time with us again, Brother Tim, talking about mentoring emerging leaders. Uh, some great information there. But before we wrap up, I do want to remind everyone that we are part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. I- I'm-, I'm trying to get an acronym for that. What yeah. would that acronym be? Maybe we could change that at some point, but I love it. We partner with other podcasts. That's the LLPN. LLPN. So I'm really excited about partnering with these guys, other church ministries, and just ministries that help the church, equip the church. And and so today we want to talk about and highlight the Established Church Podcast. We know these guys. EST. Well, we know one of them. No, we know two of them. We know two of them. I know Sam Rader. We actually know all three. We know all of them. We can only vouch for Micah Freeze. Everybody else, I don't know. I can vouch for Sam Rader. Okay, you can (laughs) say... I'm kidding. These no, guys are all they're great. great. They're great. They're going to talk to you about, as experienced church leaders, they're going to talk to you about how to deal with the challenges um, of leading an established church. And yeah. most churches, probably, I would say, are an established church is defined as a church that's been there for 10 or more years. Wow. So that is a ton of churches. Most church planners need to stop saying their church is a church plant. They, they, they do, yeah. But that's another podcast. Planners. We that's planted it. this church 30 years ago. Yeah, that's not a plant that's anymore. Plant. Okay. But, but anyway, <laughs> we love our church planner friends as well. But So check out the established church when you get a chance and join us again next time on here on Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. If you don't mind, take a moment to subscribe and share the podcast. You can find out more about disciple making, resources related to disciple making, and our customized training on our website at replicate.org.